Pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. We can, we can pray for people and they can get miracles, but how do you keep your miracle? How do you keep it? And how do you travel on the the correct pathway between the time that you pray and the time that the miracle manifests? So that's what I'm going to teach today. So I know I'm a month ahead of what he's going to be teaching, but I figure, okay, if you want to open your Bibles to uh, Genesis, and we're not going to go through the entire Bible today, but we are going to go through a little bit of Genesis. Genesis 1-1. Now, my Bible happens to be amplified. Um, Does someone have a King James? Raise your hand if you have King James. Okay, good, good. Uh, Do we have another translation? New Living? Okay. I'd like to hear that too. What do you have, sir? ESP? Okay, let me hear hear what your Genesis 1-1 says, and I'm going to repeat it so that when the recording comes in, they can hear it. Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, that's pretty much what King James said. Thank you. That's what yours says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Same with you. Good. Okay, they got that one right. I have amplified. In the beginning, God prepared, formed, fashioned, and created the heavens and the earth. Well, let's look at the first three words there. In the beginning. Now, if you grew up in church, you probably have known that scripture from the day one. But there's some, they aren't even hidden. They're just kind of masked in the beginning. Now, we know God always was. So what the heck is he talking about in the beginning? In the beginning of what? In the beginning of earth, in the beginning of time. There was a whole bunch of stuff that happened before in the, in the beginning. But the Bible was written for those of us that are here now that were created for earth in the beginning. So there was no time before earth. There's no time in heaven. On earth, I can't even wrap my mind about it. In fact, when I was in grade school, I used to sit in church because I would get bored, I confess it. And I had taken the bulletin and drawn all the circles on the bulletin. So I had, you know, already used up all my paper and ink. And I would sit there and try to think about eternity. It's always been and it's always going to be. And I would just stretch my mind as much as I could as a grade school girl and try to figure out what eternity is like. And finally, at some point, God just said, you don't understand eternity and you won't until you're home with me again. It's like, oh, okay, I'll quit stretching my mind. But it's hard for us to think about no time. We're born, we grow, things happen, there are seasons. We bookmark things with starting school, preschool, graduating grade school, high school, college, jobs, marriage, children, grandchildren. We, we live in a linear world. We view the world linear. So it's hard for us sometimes to understand the principles of God. Well, after in the beginning, what does the, I think it's the third verse. What does the third verse start out? I'll go back to you, sir. What does your third verse say? And God said, there we go. Okay. What do you have? And God said, Tracy and God said, okay. So the three translations, good. And even my amplified and God said, so what do we understand about that? Everything was created with sound. Now 
If you've been to a lot of my classes, you've heard me say this before, but it bears repeating because sometimes we think people know things and they, they miss the class or whatever. Sound, it turns out, is the inside, at the very smallest level of the atom and anything that is created. Even this chair, the molecules that make up the chair, inside of it is sound. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So sound created the world. Sound created everything that God wanted to have happen on the earth when he started earth in the beginning. And scientists tell us that as far out as they go, they still see sound waves. Which means the spoken word, once it's spoken, is out there. Now, we have heard... We've been taught that once we say something, that it's going to be repeated when we get home to heaven. Every idle word. That straightened up my mouth, but not completely, but it sure scared me. It's like, ooh, I do not want that publicized in heaven. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. But often, our habits, our style of living and working are such that we sabotage all of the miracles that God has in line for us. I can't tell you how many times someone will come forward for prayer and I pray for them and we break off the curse and we speak healing. And then as soon as I say amen, they start repeating again exactly what they came up for. I mean, I want to just grab their lips and and say, stop, stop. You have just opened the door. What does God's word tell us? It says that God is on the throne. Jesus is on his right hand and Satan's in there going, hey, did you hear what they just said? Now I have a right to be back in their life again. Hey, Did you hear what they said to so-and-so? According to your law, because, you know, Satan's a legalist. (laughs) According to your law, they've just opened the door for that to come back in again. So that's going on in heaven. And every word that we utter is either building our future and hanging on to our miracle or tearing it down. I like that emphasis. That was the, that was the exclamation point. <laughs> Thank you. Right, perfect timing. Um, when I was getting my healing from cancer, and I belonged to a wonderful Baptist church that did not believe in healing, uh, but they were great people, uh, and I was put together with a group of women who were full gospel women. Uh, none of them attended my church. They attended different churches. And God happened to bring us together in a business women's setting as a prayer group. And I didn't know any of them. So there were five of us. I was the Baptist girl. And then you had all these tongue talkers. And shortly after that was when I received my diagnosis of cancer. And these women, you know, were just ready. Okay. It was like they strapped on their concealed weapon. And it's like, here we go. And it's like, what do you mean? Um, I understood positive speech. I understood being positive. That made sense to me. But I didn't understand the power of the tongue. So one of the gals, bless her heart, she took me on as a project. I was her project. She gave me a rubber band. And she said, I want you to put this on your wrist. And every time you catch yourself saying something negative, I want you to snap that rubber band. And I thought, you know, okay, is it the pain? Is it the uh, ugly rubber band? It doesn't fit my style. But it was like her physical way of saying, please watch what you say. And then I became painfully aware of our English language and how many times things just fall out of our mouth. 
Oh, that just tickled me to death. No, it tickled you to life. Oh, the kids are driving me crazy. No, the kids are driving you blessed. <laughs> you know, you, everything that, that Satan has woven into our world causes us to curse ourselves, our family, our future. And they're just habits that we don't even hear anymore. Now, you guys are all eaters. Why am I teaching you this? Because when pastor starts teaching on miracles, we're going to have the explosion in this church. There are going to be all kinds of people that are going to come because the world is desperate for an answer to what's going on. And so when those people come in, they're not always going to go down to the altar for a pastor to pray for them. They may be sitting next to you, behind you, and you're going to have that unction. The Holy Spirit is going to say, okay, talk to this person, pray with this person, help this person, get their information and contact them. Don't stalk them, but contact them. (laughs) And remember in new beginnings, it's always women with women and men with men. So I want you to understand exactly how they can keep their miracle. Now, I've said before, I don't understand why people don't just get healed immediately. I don't understand why we can't just pray for them and have a tumor fall out or something, you know, come clean. But God doesn't do the same thing every single time. Sometimes he works through medicine. Sometimes he works through miracles. Sometimes he works through ignorance. And I say ignorance because someone is sick and they don't know it. And then all of a sudden they have a diagnosis and then they get prayed for and bam, it's gone. I kind of call that ignorance. They paid no attention to the symptoms in their body. (laughs) But God doesn't do one way. So I asked him about that when I was getting my healing. It's like, how come? And he said, because human beings would start worshiping the process and would forget to press into me. They would no longer seek my face. And he said, I can't heal someone on the pathway that I gave you. I can only heal someone on the pathway I've designed for them. Now, that helped me a lot because God led me a different way uh, on on cancer. I did not go the medical route. And so, you know me. I came out of Crusader. Stay away from doctors. And God is going, Nancy, Nancy, Nancy. (laughs) That was your pathway. That's not everybody's pathway. Like, okay. So then I had to back up. And I had to have conversations with people that came to me. And it's like, ask God what your pathway for healing is because he heals people in all kinds of ways. And then I trained them how to hear God's voice because a lot of them were saying, I don't hear anything. It's like, okay, there's a problem. Let's get that one fixed first. Let's teach you how to hear and discern the voice of God. There's an unction that comes inside of me that when I'm on the right pathway, when I'm doing what he wants me to do, that unction guides and directs me. Now, Pastor Larry says this, Pastor Tiz said this, God can direct your movements even if they're wrong, but he cannot correct your stationary position. And so many Christians want the pathway explained to them before they take the first step. And that's not how God works. (laughs) So in order to keep your miracle, you need to take a step out and start moving towards what you believe he's called you to. And if you're going the wrong direction, he will direct your path. You just keep praying and listening and he will, okay, go over here. Okay, pray. Okay, go over here. When I was getting my healing, a lot of the things that I took, hi, Poppy, a lot of the things that I took were in stores that were not Christian stores. Um, This was some, oh my gosh, long time ago. (laughs) Praise God, I'm healed. Um, So I had to go in in locations and places that were more new agey. And I had a lot of my dear sisters in in the Lord from my church tell me, you know, you ought not go in there. And so then I went to my prayer closet because by this time I'd learned, okay, let me hear from God. Let me hear from God. And God said, Nancy, 
Satan cannot create anything. All he can do is kill, steal, and destroy. So everything that's in this world is something that I created or that I allow. So the rainbow is mine. They may have corrupted it, but it's mine. And then he went through a whole list of things. And he said, and by the way, what's inside of you? It's like the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So when you go into that store, anything that's in there milling around trying to attach itself, they don't see you. They see Jesus like, holy cow, that's what the armor of God is about. I put on those shoes and it goes all the way up so I can wander through all kinds of weird things. Nothing touches us because we have the armor of God on, which is another thing you need to teach the people when they come to you and say, how do I keep my miracle? You put on the armor of God every single morning. You don't leave the house without it. (laughs) Okay, so now we've taught them how to hear from God. We've taught them to move because God can correct if you're going the wrong way, but he can't correct if you haven't done anything. And then how to listen to it and then what they say. I don't think there's anything more, I'll just say sad. That's my fourth word choice. Anything sadder than someone who had their healing and then lost it because of their mouth. That, that just breaks my heart. Because it's like, you were so close. You were right there. God was moving. And now it's gone. For those of you who um, were not at Ladies Night Out uh, this past Thursday night when Pastor Tiz was teaching. And um, one of the things that she always says is, you're about as happy as you decide to be. Well, you're about as healed as you decide to be as well. Because healing doesn't come by accident. It doesn't come by continuing the same lifestyle, consuming the same food, saying the same things that you've always said that got you to where you are. God didn't give me cancer, but he certainly has used it in my life to put me on a wonderful pathway. (laughs) But when that uh, cancer came, um, I was addicted to stress. I love stress. I like lots of things going on, lots of decisions to be made. That's not healthy. That's not how God designed us. I also like chocolate and coffee. And for days in a row, I would live on chocolate and coffee. That's not healthy. That's not how God designed us. So I had to go back and say, okay, I need to eat right. I need to watch what I say. I need to watch my stress level. And God knew I couldn't do that in corporate America. He knew that if I stayed in corporate America, I would continue loving the stress. So he put an unction inside of me before I was ever diagnosed. Nancy, get out of banking. Really? I had climbed up the ladder, and I have to admit, it was a time when they were being forced to promote women. And I just took advantage of that and dressed like an officer and talked like an officer, and bam, up the corporate ladder I went. (laughs) But God was saying, get out of banking. Now, my assumption was Okay, you're telling me that because right now at the level I'm at, I have to belong to service organizations, and so they own six out of seven days a week. But if I go to that next level, they're going to own seven out of seven days a week. And I'm teaching fifth and sixth grade ladies Sunday school class in the wonderful Baptist church. And so you don't want me to do that, and so something better is coming? So my prayer was, is something coming? And God said, yes. Always specify in those what's coming prayers, what is it that's coming? (laughs) Because I retired, took early retirement, 
dusted off my resume, was really excited. Is it big, Lord? Is it big? Yes, it's big. Oh, great. And I was so excited. I was not expecting a diagnosis of cancer. And as I was swirling around and what what am I going to do? How is this going to work? How is this going to affect me? I realized, well, God did tell me and he did tell me it was going to be big. And he knew about this. So there must be something that I'm going to learn as I go through this. It never entered my mind that I was going to die. Even when the doctor said, you're going to die. Nah, no, (laughs) I'm not going to die. Even when they specified a protocol of treatment and I looked at it as like, Lord, and he goes, nope. Okay. Nope. Literally when we were in the surgeon's office and he'd gone through his list of what he wanted done, he liked us. I mean, Don and I are likable people. He stood in front of the door and said, I will not let you out until I make the appointment with the oncologist. Now, you know me. I'm you know, not going to fight anybody, but do you know Don? Don stepped in front of me and he said, sir, get out of the way. We are leaving your office. That's my man. Yes. So we walked out of the door, and then I'm thinking, well, now what? So I went back to my prayer closet and was like, okay, I understand not doing all this. I understand that this is my pathway for healing, but you've got to show me something, Lord. I need to know what the heck's going on. So then he led me to finally talk to somebody in my church because I didn't want to tell anybody in the church because they would pray for strength to get through. It was like, ugh. So the Lord led me to a couple. And uh, the three of us ran the church Sunday school. And um, we all worked. None of us were paid. We was all volunteer. And the gentleman that was in charge of the older ones, um, he said, oh, praise God, when I said I was just diagnosed with cancer. It was like, praise God. Now, that's an unusual response for a Baptist man. And he said, my mother-in-law just found a doctor who's also a naturopath that's in Incline Village in Lake Tahoe, and he treats the body to boost the immune system. Now, I don't know how God talks to you, but for me, if I'm listening to something, God will go, listen. And then I know that I'm supposed to shut up and listen, or else he will go, no. And these things sometimes appear in neon. Yes, no, listen, stop. I don't like the stop one. But he gives me those pieces of feedback so that as I'm moving, I know what to do. I know where to go. I have a trained ear to hear his voice to understand my pathway for healing. So remember in the beginning, when we go back, we pray for them. We let them know there is a pathway to keep their miracle. We let them know to watch their mouth and their words. We link arms with them. You may even get a couple of rubber bands to put in your handbag. They say, put that on your wrist and snap it every time you say something negative. And then once you have prayed, once you have said, Lord, I know it's your will for me to be well. My gosh, you let Jesus go through horrendous suffering in order for me to be healed. Why would I negate what he went through? I know it's your will. So, Father, show me my pathway for my healing. Show me my pathway for my healing for my marriage. Show me my pathway for my healing for my finances. Show me my pathway for my healing for the dream that I had that I thought was lost. Show me my pathway, Lord. Let me hear your voice. Let me walk in integrity. Let me watch my words and show me my pathway. Now, we'll go back to Genesis 1-1. What was that first thing? In the beginning. It's that old time thing again. How long did it take me to see my miracle? (laughs) Four years. 
Tiz and I laugh and say, if I'd been at New Beginnings, it would have fallen off my body the first time I went forward for prayer. But I was in a process of learning. Four years, special diet, special prayer, continuing to walk, having medical tests done because I made the decision to stay with that surgeon because I really did like him and let him see that there are other ways for cancer to be healed. Getting test results back that were still negative. But I never went back over here. This was the natural. This was the test results. Getting worse and worse and worse. But God pulled up my roots and planted me on the pathway of health. I was already healed. And every time a negative report came back, I looked at it and said, no, 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 no. You have to line up with the word of God. If I believe God for salvation, why in the world would I doubt him for healing? If he can take care of me in heaven, he can certainly take care of me here. We're going to have a lot of people that are going to come to New Beginnings because they need a miracle. And you are the ones that are going to walk alongside them. Now, for those of you that have never had the experience of God giving you an unction to pray for somebody, um, you can dismiss it, but it's going to come right back. And you can shove it down, but it's going to bubble up. And pretty soon you're going to feel like you're going to explode. That's God's way of saying, get up. (laughs) And you don't have to be weird about it. You just walk up to somebody and say, wasn't that a great sermon today? Um, I just feel led. Can I pray with you about something? You start with a positive statement. Wasn't that a great sermon? They're not going to say no and run out. And then can I pray with you about something? And they're going to give you a piece of information about them. And even if they don't and they say yes, that you can pray for them, then you talk about the unspoken requests that are going on in in that life. There are miracles that happen when you hear your pathway and you walk it. And then there are miracles that happen in a marriage where it takes two people. And then there are miracles that happen where there's a business that takes a whole bunch of people for you to be put back in your rightful place. And sometimes God will cause you to separate, change businesses, or maybe separate in a relationship before he can bring it back together in healing. The most important thing is that you hear from God and you know exactly what he's telling you to do. Because remember, Satan is the legalist. Satan is the one that's going to go, no, 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 no. You're a married woman. You stay with that man. Satan's the one that knows that's going to break your spirit. And it's not going to be a testimony to all your neighbors because they know what a jerk he is. And it's like, why would a church require a woman to stay in that kind of a relationship? Or they may say to the man, separate yourself. And then the legalists are going to come. No, 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 no. You're the head of the household. You can pray. You can take care of this. We'll believe for a miracle. But that woman's not a, not a believer. She was at one time, or at least she said she was, but now she's running around. God doesn't want that. And he doesn't want your neighbors looking at you thinking, why would a church ask a man to stay with a woman that's having affairs? It doesn't mean you're divorcing. It means you're separating in order to say, okay, Lord, what do I do now? And you sanctify yourself and you sanctify your home And if you have children, you sanctify those children. Do you see how practical God is? I mean, the Jewish culture is just such a wonderful way to embrace miracles and embrace God's life. Um, For those that are, let me get my second word choice here. For those that are really believing that no one should ever divorce, 
it was kind of fun to have um, Rabbi Lappin and Susan address that in one of their teachings. And a Jewish man had come in, and his wife was not a Jewish woman, and he was going to divorce her. And um, his, somebody in the family was saying, you know, that's wrong. And, and Rabbi Lappin says, oh, no, 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 he needs to divorce her. They're unequally yoked. And all of a sudden, I went, wait a second, that unequally yoked thing, that's in my Bible. That's not a Jewish thing. That's in my Bible. And it's like, all of a sudden, I can read Jewish teachings and see where it was planted in my Bible for my life, but it was kind of glossed over to where I didn't recognize it. Now, does that mean you're going to pray with everybody about, yeah, get away from that man? No, no. If, if you have a situation like that, come to one of the pastors so that we can walk with you and guide you. We can help. <laughs> but you may be the sheepdog that God's using when those sheep come in to direct them to the right place. I don't know what habit you have as far as your words are concerned. Um, in my home, Don loves watching the news. Oh, my goodness. He loves the news. He loves the financial news. He likes the world news. He likes our news. I don't like the news. And so sometimes when he's talking to me about something and I can see he's really excited, it's like, okay, Lord, guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. And I'm giving him eye contact and nodding, but I'm not taking anything in. I used to, in the old days, go, stop. That's negative. I don't want to hear it. And then it's like, well, how respectful is that to your husband? Probably not very. And what am I telling you to do? To respect him. Okay, then. You can respect him by listening to him and giving eye contact and nodding. And then you guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. It doesn't affect you. How hard is that? Okay. All right. And then sometimes I'm at business meetings. And I hear negative. And it's like, I don't look at them either and go, no, in the name of Jesus. (laughs) I just quietly, quietly go, Cancel that in the name of Jesus. You just cover your mouth and I cancel that in the name of Jesus. Cancel, cancel, cancel. Because I learned real quick, people don't like it when they're having a conversation with you and you yell, cancel, cancel, cancel. It's, it's, not, it's not endearing. But I can accomplish the same thing by privately and quietly going, cancel. Don't allow those words to float. That was the other thing that surprised me. I have the authority to cancel words in my environment? Holy cow. Now, I have to be very careful about that, but nonetheless, I do have that authority given to me by Jesus. In fact, this morning when I was driving in, and I was thanking Jesus for paying the price because the curses are broken. I'd be dead already if I had been born pre-Jesus time. <laughs> they didn't have that that operated back then, but we do now. So once a curse is broken, why would I open a door to have it sneak back in again? By the way, one more piece. If you're um, at work, at home, wherever, and all of a sudden things just kind of going, just stop right away and pray and take authority over the atmosphere and tell any spirit that's not of the Holy Spirit to leave the environment. It may not manifest on its way out. Be sure you pray that piece. You cannot manifest on your way out. And you may not come back in. This home is filled with the Holy Spirit because once you kick something out, you have to fill up the void. This home is filled with the Holy Spirit. And I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, it has taken care of every argument that Don and I have ever had. Don and I are pretty equal in what we think and our values and everything. But every once in a while, you know, it's like, uh, 
And it's like, wait a second, something has snuck in here. Followed me in on my shoes, maybe. I don't know. And then I go to my prayer closet and I pray. And maybe another day, maybe half a day, maybe an hour. Everything's gone. Everything's fine. We battle not against flesh and blood. It's the demonic that comes in and tries to disrupt everything. What, what else does Pastor Tiz say? Where the spirit of unity is, God commands his blessing. Commands it. Commands it. I want to be in a place where I can be receiving God's commanded blessing. So how do you keep your miracle? First of all, you start moving. Because he can, he can guide you, but he can't push you. So you start moving. You watch what you say. You watch what you think. You watch what you allow to be around you. You watch your eye gate, your ear gate, your emotion gate, and you make sure that you stay on the pathway that's going to lead you into your miracle, no matter what it is, no matter what it is. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are such a gracious God. You put everything in writing. All we have to do is read your instruction manual to know how to live life in victory. I don't understand why Jesus had to go through what he went through. But I do understand, Heavenly Father, that he paid a price for all of us to be so-so saved, nothing missing and nothing broken. Father, I also confess, I don't understand your timeline sometimes, why sometimes things are immediate and sometimes it's a process. But Lord, I know that we don't go through anything that you aren't right there with us, that you protect us, you guide us, you keep us safe. You show us where we need to be and where we need to step away from. Thank you that this group of people and those who are listening to the podcast right now receive the anointing of discernment and wisdom. Thank you, Father, that they are going to move through your world, speaking truth and love to your people. And this will be known as a true house of miracles. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you. Thank you.